Powered by Subla X, OQ's innovation hub, this is Subla X Podcast, an OQ podcast. Hello, everyone. I am Amani Ladawi, a project engineer in OQ Upstream. For today's episode, we will be talking about the innovation. And for that, I have here with me, Christoph. Hi, Christoph. Hi, Amani. Glad to be with you today. Uh, Christoph, would you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, thank you. I will gladly do that. So my name is Christoph Balzarek. I am a chemist by training. Um, so I started in 2002 as a chemist, research chemist at our um, Oxia facility in Oberhausen, Germany, which is now OQ Chemicals. When I started, I initially carried out research work for the first five years or so before transitioning into a very exciting, completely different role from the scientific one which was uh, uh, the role as marketing manager for a portion of our OQ Chemicals portfolio. I continued to take on um, roles of increasing responsibility in this uh, marketing and business management and covering most of OQ Chemicals uh, products, maybe 60 out of the 70 that we bring to the market today. And then in 2017, I was given the opportunity to go back to um, the R&D area to start heading the newly named Innovation and Technology Group at uh, Oxea. And this is where I am in OQ Chemicals also. So if I ask you how this career transition affected you as a person, how you can describe it? One of the first things that actually happened was already in my academic time, where I ended up leaving my home country and going to a different culture, spending seven years in the United States. And that was very, very important for also my future career development, having the opportunity to live in a different culture, look at my own culture and my own country in a different way. And um, my world became bigger uh, physically, but also in, in, in the wider sense of the world that really enriched my uh, view on my world. Um, and, and that was really exciting. I think the marketing role really opened up a lot of things and it gave me an appreciation for the uh, complexity uh, of how our world works, about the contribution that our products bring to that and also the opportunities that are out there. And I think that will that still helps me in then taking the innovation team also forward. Would you like to tell us a story about something happening to you in your careers? Yeah, it was really interesting coming back to Germany felt like coming into a new country. What I was not fluent in was the chemistry language in German. I received most of my education in the United States. So a lot of the term, technical terms that my new colleagues here at the German research facility used, I didn't have as my regular vocabulary. So I needed to learn some of the German words of what I knew very well in the English language. It was a little bit like a foreigner coming back and you know, having to explore this country anew. On, on the private side, I did something that is very un, unusual to do in Germany, but a lot of German tourists do that when they go to the United States. I had a couple of US friends come and we did a Germany road trip and I was able to explore my home country again after having been away for seven years. So that was really good. I would like to ask you about your hobbies and interests as an innovation guy. I mean, I have very basic hobbies, of course. I have a family, I have two young kids, they're um, eight and 10 now. So 
most of my time I just enjoy when I'm not at work, spending time with them. That's that's a lot of fun. If I can, I do a little bit of sports. I might I play uh, music a little bit. I used to play the flute when I was younger as a kid, and I'm still doing this occasionally. And what's also important to me is I'm um, an active member of my Catholic church community. So I spend time there as well. So what did, did it take you to reach this level in your career? Yeah, I was thinking about this when, when you invited me to have the dialogue with you. And I think one of the things that continues to drive me is my curiosity to learn about new things and to find out why and how things work. And I think that still is important to me. I want to understand how things work, and then I want to put that knowledge to good, to good use. Um, it's not only good that I know. I need to share this, and I need to motivate people and you know, come up with new things that we can do together. The second aspect probably is that I, I tended to focus and continue to do this to bring value in the role that I have today. For me, it's important that I show the value that I can bring to the actions of today. How do we create an inspired innovation culture? And in your own words, what is a good first step toward this culture? That's a question that like, fell on my plate in 2017 when I moved to, from marketing to the and business management to the innovation role. And as I moved along over the last couple of years, I, I, I interacted with a lot of uh, friends and colleagues from um, innovation roles in different companies, whether in the chemical industry or in different industries, and uh, tried to seek out opportunities to do so. And I believe one of the things that I mentioned earlier, the um, role of a leader to encourage curiosity is really important. Let people play a little bit. And as, a, as an organization, we need to ensure that we create a safe space for people to live out this curiosity in a certain way. We need to create an, an atmosphere that encourages this entrepreneurial, innovative thinking. And one significant element to that is that we need to create this as a safe space to also fail in the sense of uh, testing a hypothesis, testing an idea. It's very likely that a large number of trials will fail and we need to allow in our OQ culture for that failure to happen as long as the people who work on this idea will learn from their failure. But there's nothing wrong by testing an idea and then saying, hey, I tested it, I did it the right way, the testing, but the result is that something didn't work. And that's really good information. Nobody else needs to do the same trial again because you've done this. So we need to create this, this safe atmosphere for failure so that out of this, we will identify a few opportunities that are actually coming out with positive results and can grow to bigger ideas that contribute to the whole organization and to the value within OQ. And the second thing is we need to allow people to go out and look beyond the um, boundaries of our own OQ company and get inspiration from others. I don't think that you can come up with all the greatest ideas by just sitting in your little office and on the top of the ivory tower. It's through interactions that you get inspirations. Some people do this by, you know, and that's where you can generate new ideas. That's really important. And if people are a little bit hesitant and they are in their comfort zone, then as leaders, we need to push them out and tell them, go out there, explore, 
right? From your experience, what is your rule of thumbs in innovation? I'm really excited about the um, Simon Sinek topic that he always he's 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 um, he always says uh, start to ask the why question. Start with why, and if out, out of this question comes a lot of this, you know, remain curious, try to understand. Um, that's the first thing. Always ask why. Remain curious. That allows you to learn, and this allows you to become creative. And then there, when you have an idea and you are able to really write out what your why is, why are you doing things, and you start developing a little bit, then there are three questions that I picked up from a presentation of one of our peers in the industry. They, but the first three questions that you can ask yourself when you continue developing on your idea is, is the idea real? You know, do people have an interest in it? Um, is this actually something that makes sense? Can we win? Do we have the right resources within OQ? Um, can we get the right resources? Are there other people who are much better at this? And not all innovation ideas will allow you to positively answer the question of uh, whether you can win. And the third one, at some point, we also need to ask the question, is it worth it? Right? Can we make money with it? And this question will be answered differently in an academic environment versus uh, a corporate environment. Ultimately, we have a very ambitious goal in OQ in terms of our growth. At some point, we need to ask ourselves a question, is whatever we want to do worth it? Can we make money with it? Is there something that we can get out of it? Where do you see OQ innovation culture in the next 20 years? I experienced a lot of very enthusiastic and open people when I travel around the different OQ sites, whether they are in Europe or in the United States or in Oman. So I think there's a lot of energy that is available and we need to figure out a way of unleashing it. We have great ambitions. So it's not so much of a question of if we can do it, but more a question of how we can do it, how, how we can um, get this innovation and creativity out because it will be absolutely necessary to, to achieve our goals. We recently had the announcement of the third vertical, the third pillar of the OQ business being alternative energy. That's an extremely exciting, extremely daring step of OQ where we are saying, and I, I'm still excited about it, we are, where we are saying, hey, we see that there's something that needs to happen for the future. We don't know yet exactly how this will be shaped, but we know we need to go this pathway, um, this journey, in order to have a sustainable business in the future. And if we want to really achieve that, be a big player and make this a significant contributor to OQ's business, we can only do it if we allow ourselves to look into innovative ways of getting there. Okay, so in a bigger scheme of things, how would a regular employee understand and relate this diversity, this energy portfolio, the new working culture? That's an interesting question. Of course, we have a very wide portfolio of businesses that we are active in today in OQ. But by setting up this alternative energy pillar, I think it becomes very apparent to every single employee how important it is to look at energy consumption, and energy use in a different way, in a way that 
we are striving to use as little energy as possible and be very smart about using energy. The experience is that when you have a program like this, people, um, you raise the awareness of every single employee and they will end up coming back to their supervisors or their colleagues and are saying, hey, look, if alternative energy, if sustainable energy, if, if solar or wind is important to us, I have an idea. And maybe it's related to um, their way of you know, traveling back and forth. And if we make it a priority for OQ, then a lot of people will see how it touches their everyday lives, whether it's in commuting in the morning or whether it's going out to the well or operating in a chemicals plant. People will come up, come back and say, hey, okay, this seems to be really important to us. And we can connect it to something that's not only important for the company, but for us as individuals. Um, I think there's a great awareness of the concerns about climate change. And I think that touches every person uh, personally, also in the care that they want to give to their families and the future of their families. And so I think at, at that point, you actually have two areas where you touch people's lives in their work, uh, work life as well as in their personal life. So it's really good stuff that we're doing here on the alternative energy side. But how we can add the word innovation to OQ's conversation, how we can make it a topic? Is it something related to leaders' mm -hmm. influence across the company? How can managers, leaders in OQ mm -hmm. craft the innovation culture? So one way is of, as a leader, create the space and the environment for people to explore innovative ideas or even push them. And the second thing is to make people more aware is to speak about innovation successes. So highlight the things that are um, um, coming out of, you know, ideas of employees or collaborations with third parties that really contribute to growth. Um, a lot of companies do that. And I'm really excited about the Sublax initiative that does a great job in communicating about innovation and successes that we see out of innovation. Innovation doesn't, you know, you, you can plan it in the same way as you plan um, um, a capital investment in building a house or building a plant, right? You can still do the right things. But I think it's important that we give it the appropriate time in communication with our peers, with our um, employees from every level, from, you know, you, Armani, and I speaking about uh, um, successes as much as Musafa Maruki will speak about this. And I'm also really excited that in the newsletters, these topics will actually and, and do actually play a role. And I think as, as we go along and we give the space for innovation and communicate about um, innovation successes, that will create a pull for other people to engage with it. There are some things that um, I've seen in the innovation area where I'm not sure whether our company is already ready for it. But some companies even highlight innovation failures. That is, you go through a project and eventually you go and see it doesn't work the way that I wanted it. You've done the right things and you've done them right. But the result of the experiment is a failure. And maybe we need to also occasionally celebrate one of those failures because that helps us communicate that it's worthwhile taking the risk, be daring. But at the same time, we as OQ are caring enough to not blame somebody for it as long as 
all the actions we're taking were done the right way. And we can show how we are very serious as a company in allowing this space. If we even celebrate some of the failures that we see. We may want to think about this as we go along and things develop. I'm really excited, like I said, uh, about the X initiatives. And I think some of those, you know, innovation culture changes will be driven by and encouraged by uh, the X organization. How competitive is our industry when we talk about innovation? And if you can give us an example for a competition related to innovation. Mm -hmm. The industry is extremely competitive. And, you know, a lot of our businesses are truly global businesses. Um, There are a lot of very, very smart people all across the world. Sometimes it's a numbers game, right? So there are a lot of people who are encouraged to think about solving certain problems. And of course, there are risks always um, to have competitors pass us by. So there's a lot of initiative around using biochemical processes to make some of the chemicals that we do produce today in, 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 a, in a chemical way, right? So we need to watch out that, that we understand what is happening on that. And at the same time, we actually we may be the disturbing company. Um, for example, OQ Chemicals is offering a product called Propanol, which is a great solvent to have wonderful printing on, on plastic wrappers, for instance. It's much better than the technologies that, they are, that are out there today. Um, it's actually a competition against some of the other businesses within OQ because one of the products that's being used today in some countries is toluene from our aromatics business, which we want to replace with propanol, which is coming from our chemicals business. <laughs> Innovation will not stop. We're all striving to do better. We're all trying to you know, grow our businesses. And this is not true for OQ, but for a lot of the other uh, companies in our space and outside of our space. Sometimes we will be influenced by innovations happening outside of our direct environment. They're kind of out of kind competition. When you look what has happened, look at what is happening in the electrical vehicle area. If if electrical vehicles um, you know pick up speed, they're really disruptive to everything that you need for combustion engines. Uh, at the same time, there are opportunities for um, in in other areas. Um, we are looking right now um, at fluids that assist in the temperature management of batteries in electric vehicles. It represents an opportunity for OQ products, while at the same time, the lack of combustion engine use poses a risk. So, you know, things will change constantly. We need to, you know, constantly take a look at what else is out there. We want to, if we can, spare some of those innovation activities. Sometimes we need to be monitoring them and respond properly, but it will continue to be a challenge, but it's it's exciting. We can do something new. I, I look at this as a, as a motivator more than something that makes me worried. But if we look at it with a very positive view that we can do something, then we will be successful. So basically, the industry is full of companies that are competing in the innovation sector. And most of yes. those companies already reinforce the innovation culture into their organization. Do you think it's possible that OQ can do the same? Can innovation become a main organizational driver in OQ? I think it has to. We need to bring this 
innovation thinking into the organization. Um, we need to have this attitude of trying out new things for the growth of the company. So how do you think OQ can empower their employees to increase the efficiency, to start practicing the innovation? And how will OQ will look like from the outside if she did the same with her employees? I think empowerment of employees with the appropriate framework around it is really important so that within their area, employees can uh, take decisions and move things into a direction um, that they want to explore. That, that will be important. I think um, empowerment will be essential to try out new things, to be innovative. That will take time. But do you think if we start by now, by 2020, how big role that innovation can play in the future? When you ask me about the timeline, I would say that in the industry that we are in, medical innovation take a little bit more time because a lot of what we do is related to capital intensive actions. If we were to build a new power plant, if we were to build a new refinery and petrochemical complex like we do uh, in the liver plastics complex or in uh, Tukum, um, that requires a significant amount of money and actually physical work. So it's quite different from what um, maybe we have as an image in terms of innovation from like the typical Silicon Valley kind of stuff, right? Where innovation seems to be much quicker and you can program an app or come up with a web service and um, grow this within you know 12 months and make a lot of money on that so it may be true that in some pockets you know when we look at uh, digitalization of a business model we may be quicker because it has lower entry barriers in terms of the capital involved or just the physical manpower needed in some area some other areas where we are looking at uh, higher capital cost or you know longer or more manpower to develop a certain innovation, it will just take a little bit longer. The key is not so much how long it takes, but for me, the key is when we start. Because if we don't start today, it doesn't matter whether it takes two years or seven years. If we wait a year, everything else will be late by this one year. So it's important that we work on this today. And yes, and sometimes, you know, it, it will just take five years or it will take seven years. That's okay, but we need to start today in order to only have it take seven years and not 10. I think communication needs to be a complementary and important element of moving to a more significant innovation culture. It's, it's only one element. It's important that we communicate, but it's also important that we actually do things and give examples and get trial projects to work. The, I think the English saying is the proof is in the pudding. Right? It's okay to talk about innovation, but uh, it's much harder to actually carry out and make successful one of the innovation projects that we take on. And secondly, of course, it's exciting to do something new and um, work on innovation. But when we look at who is going to pay for it, it's our current business. We need to balance how much time and resource of each individual person or of a group we want to dedicate to the innovation activities and how much we actually need the support in keeping the current business running that allows us to pay for all these future initiatives. It's a, a challenge. It's not easy. There's no, you know, 
clear guidance as to you know how much you want to spend on one or how much you want to engage on the other side. Both are important. So you know, I, as I love innovation, I would love to spend all my day about it. But I also need to ensure that we are keeping our current business running, uh, our plants running, our customers happy, and all that. Because that allows us to actually invest into innovation. But in general, I think I, I, I agree with you. We need to communicate more about it, and we need to show actions. Great word, Christoph. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, everyone, for your time. We'll see you in the next episode. Join us in listening to interesting stories from OQ. Subscribe to Sabla X.